Tracy and you, Dominic, you know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say, you need to talk to Dominic Carter, because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league, and I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, folks. A very serious morning as it relates to the situation in Ukraine with Russia. You just heard Rita Cosby talking about it. I will continue to do the same. The largest nuclear power plant in Ukraine. There's a fire after an attack by Russia. Relentless shelling by Russia. Russian forces advance in southern Ukraine amid warnings that the worst is yet to come. We are taking your telephone calls. 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. That's one of a couple of stories that are on my radar. The second one, and so obviously the nuclear power plant is one with a global impact. A second one brings it home uh, to New York, and according to the NYPD, overall crime spiked nearly 60% in February compared to the same period last year. We're all not really surprised, right? Of course not. Based on the NYPD, overall crime spiked nearly 60% in February compared to the same period last year. The third story on my mind this morning, three, we talked about this last night, but boy, has this guy up the ante. The career criminal charged in that Bronx feces uh, attack Well, he's bragging on social media about getting out of jail with no bail. And he's boasting that he'll shoot anything he could get his blank hands on. And this is what the guy says. This is what he says. The feces scenario should keep every female, I'm quoting this guy, Mr. Abroqua, should keep every female in their right mind away from me. 37 years old, uh, Frank Abroqua, a four-minute Facebook rant posted Thursday morning. This is the world that we live in. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Mr. Abroqua, cell phone video, it jumps wildly, and he's warning critics to, quote, come at him hard and come at him correct. Maybe, Maybe he's the same one. Because he he walked out of walked out of court on two different cases, right? So he says, "Come at me correct, or he will put them in a situation they don't wanna get put into." This man goes on to say, and I'm coming right back to Ukraine in just one second. Breaking news in that situation. He says. I'm about to shoot some hoops. And he has on the same jacket uh, with the cover of uh, hip-hop magazines uh, that that he had on when all of this happened, when he was arrested uh, at the homeless shelter earlier this week on Monday. And he says, if you want to play some ball, step on the court. If you want to play some baseball, 
step on the court. So we'll come back to him. But that's one of three stories that I'm looking at. Ukraine. Putin says that his special military operation in Ukraine is going as planned. That's what he says. Russian forces unleashed an attack on the Ukrainian nuclear power plant. Now, what in the world, thank God that the radiation levels have not uh, escalated. They're still at the same level. But this is a very, very dangerous situation. What in the world happens if there is a meltdown at the reactor? Steam could travel very far, making Ukraine's uh, vast farmland of value to no one. So we don't know what the situation is as of uh, right now, as of right now, but just recently firefighters could not fight the fire because it was still under attack. Nuclear power plants are dangerous. Remember Chernobyl? In 86, radioactive material spread all over Europe. Bombs are falling in residential areas. A million people have fled Ukraine. It is a very, very serious situation. Three stories that I'm looking at this morning, and you have the option to take on the one that you want to comment on. But first, what I'm going to do right now is take a break. And when we come back, we see all of your telephone calls. We will be going to them on Ukraine, on crime in New York City, and on this man boasting on Facebook in that feces uh, attack. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are going to take a break. break. That is when we come back, your telephone calls. Stay with us. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. And uh, breaking news out of the Ukraine situation. Rita Cosby's been talking about it, and uh, I'm following it. And Frank Marano will continue to follow it after me at 1 a.m. this morning on the other side of midnight. Uh, the nuclear power plant in Ukraine uh, under attack. A large uh, nuclear power plant. Who in their right mind would attack a nuclear power plant? Let's go to your telephone calls. Let's start this morning in Ohio. Let's say good morning to Dan. Good morning, Dan. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. You're one of the best. You know that? Well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Okay. The the crazy Putin is getting crazier. 1962 in October, I belonged, I was in the Army. Our second, uh, second 77th Patton Division was getting ready to invade Cuba. Well, GFK called it off, okay? That made Russia mad. And then uh, uh, Clinton went in and bobbed Serbia into the Stone Age and broke up Yugoslavia. And Yugoslavia and Russia, best of pals, they busted up Yugoslavia in six countries, and just two years ago, most of those countries joined NATO. And Putin was so so mad, he says, that's the last time 
NATO's going to get closer to me because now he's surrounded with all NATO countries. And he, he told Biden, I am not going to let you have NATO or let them join the uh, uh, European Union. Well, Biden says, too bad, they're going to join. So that kicked it off. Now, if Trump was in there, that wouldn't have happened. Now, this crazy, this crazy Putin, uh, Ukraine is big as Texas. They're the richest farmland in the world. They're the breadbasket of Europe. They have topsoil 100 foot deep. And their wheat feeds England, Middle East, South Africa. And hey, Dan, the situation. Dan, the situation, wait, Dan, because I've got to move on to other callers. The situation just seems like it's going from bad to worse. And, and, you know, you look at the video and how, how can one get around the argument? Because it seems like civilians are being directly targeted. All you have to do is look at the video where apartment buildings that were there yesterday are no longer there. And now we're dealing with a situation of a power plant. Dan, I, I thank you for the call uh, from Ohio. And of course, uh, uh, this morning, uh, well, well, this evening, President Biden was on the phone with President Zelensky uh, with this power plant under attack. Let's go to uh, Evelyn. Evelyn's calling from the great state of Pennsylvania. Good morning, Evelyn. What's on your mind? Good morning. What is bothering me for the last couple of days now uh, Biden has put sanctions on Moscow and on Russia, but he hasn't really hit anything on Putin himself. But when, when Hunter Biden and Mr. Biden were in Ukraine, everybody was wondering what kind of deal was going on. And when they came back, someone had asked Ukraine to investigate Hunter Biden and the Bidens. And I'm wondering, is this sort of why uh, Biden seems to be laying back a little bit and watching Ukraine be destroyed. I mean, I I personally hope not, but I think there's a rat in the woodpile somewhere too. You may you may be right, Evelyn, but the the issue becomes the U.S. doesn't want to get directly pulled into this situation, and I don't think anyone uh, can accurately predict how this is all going to play out. It, it, it's a very, very tough situation. I mean, j- just imagine, for example, okay, so in the state of New York, in the great state of New York, right here, we have a Indian Point uh, power plant, which is about, what, maybe maybe 40 minutes away from New York City, maybe an hour. Can you imagine it, w- what's going on with the power plant in uh, in Ukraine right now, if that was happening at Indian Point? I mean, this situation, uh, frankly, I, I, I can't believe, I thank you for the call, Evelyn. I can't believe some of the things that, that, that are going on. And, and Putin is starting to look absolutely like a madman that's on a mission and is not going to stop. And I do believe, as one of our callers just illustrated, I do believe, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll never know because we're, we're all Monday morning quarterbacking now. But I do believe that if President Trump was still in office, that we the United States would be coming from a position of strength rather than a position of weakness, which appears to be the situation Right now, let's go to Westchester County. Let's say good morning to Sky. Good morning, Sky. You're on the Dominic Carter show. Good, good morning, sir. I'm in West Texas. Um, oh, West Texas. Terrible. Okay, it says it says Westchester here. Okay. No, it's West Texas, sir. Um, okay. This is horrible because if the nuclear reactor goes into meltdown, anybody downwind is going to get contaminated, and I think that this yes. idiot. Putin knows exactly what he's doing, and this is his way to kill more people. And somebody needs to stop that guy. And probably the only way we're not going to get dragged into it is by someone in his own country take take him out. I'm sorry. I've got a military family, and this is horrible. And I'm a retired lawman, and this is horrible. Somebody needs it, to stop it, this guy. And that's, it it that's is horrible. Say, 
a, a, you and I agree on that point. How far do you see the situation going? Uh, if it melts down, uh, anybody downrange of the radiation is going to get contaminated, just like when uh, uh, Fukushima went mm-hmm. out in uh, Japan. It spread to Hawaii and into the United States. We were getting debris from the uh, Japan that was radioactive. So this is really bad. I think they know what they're doing, and somebody needs to handle it. And I don't want what, to what, get what breaks into it. What, what breaks my heart is this situation, and I saw a video tonight of, of kids that are, that are very severely ill, and they're forced to be into a basement in a makeshift uh, hospital because they can't stay in the regular hospital because it may be targeted. So I, I do thank you for the call from uh, West Texas uh, this morning. Let's go to our friend Stan. Stan is in Forest Hills. Good morning to you, Stan. Good morning. Uh, let's get something straight. Uh, Indian Point is off. It's gone. It's it's not working anymore. Okay? We took that off. We smart. We did the right thing. Nuclear power is a disaster waiting to happen. Remember Three Mile Island? So what's happening in Russia doesn't surprise me. If he figures he can't get them one way, he'll get them another way. And once it's out, it's out. So uh, it's it's the ultimate crazy scenario, okay? Secondly, about the okay, oil. Wait, 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 Stan. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, hold on a second. So you just said if he, I assume you mean Putin, if he can't get them one way, he'll get them another way. So you're, it sounds like you're saying that it's not just about taking control of Ukraine. It's about hurting the people of, and killing the people of Ukraine. Is that what you're telling me? Funny, he's not there to shake hands. And for uh, Zelensky to want to meet this guy, he's crazy because they'll try to kill him. I mean, yeah, that, that was that was my first thought as well. Yeah, but if you're not, president, if, but if you're president Zoom, maybe, Zelensky, maybe Zoom. But, but Stan, if you're President Zelensky, what, what choice do you have at this point? This man, this man is attacking nuclear power plants. Talk to him on Zoom. Don't, don't talk to him in front of him. He may try to kill you. Unless you're carrying a gun, shoot him. But here's the, the other thing. Uh, the oil. I say keep bringing it in, but don't pay for it. Keep bringing it in, but don't pay for it. Screw the now, Russians. Okay, now wait, 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 Stan, Stan, how, how exactly would that work? I mean, I, I don't purchase oil, but I would imagine that, that uh, you have to pay on the front side. Stan? Okay, Stan, Stan is no longer uh, with us here. Let's see, yeah. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio Hello, 77. Oh, you are here. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here, my friend. Okay. Okay. You went silent there, Stan. I'm sorry. It's the phone. I apologize. Okay. Go, go ahead. Make your, make your final point, please. And then All right. I, I want to get. Tell me, where are the 400 homeless? Where did he put them? In Rikers? You've you got to know. If it's, it's a great move, where the hell are they? I'm curious. Are they, are they in, a, in a camp, a concentration camp? Are they at Rikers? Do you have an idea where the, what he did? With wait, wait. What, which homeless are you referring to, Stan? Didn't they? Didn't the mayor? They picked up two or three hundred from the trains. I just heard on the news. Or did? Or okay. Well, well, you know? well. And, and and do you think that's going to wipe away the problem overnight? Of course not. I think it's a start, for heaven's sake. It's a start, but where are they? But you know where you got it. Where did he put? No, I no, I don't. But I, I promise you that I will look into this okay. and, and and have an answer for you. Okay, and so, my Stan, friend. Stan, I, 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 um, I, I do thank you for the call this morning, Dominic Carter here with you, folks. Talk Radio seventy seven, uh, WABC. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn. Good morning, Jimmy. What's on your mind? Good morning. Uh, there's been a long conflict between Russia and Ukraine, just like the, the Jews and the Arabs. Years ago, 1932 to 33, the Soviets, the Russians, confiscated all the grain, seeds, and animals in Ukraine and killed 10 million people through starvation. And before that, Lenin wrote, you must confiscate the grain and crush the kulaks with the most ruthless terror. Lenin also wrote, I guess it was around World War I toward the end, Lenin told the German troops in Ukraine to attack the Ukrainians. So there's this long history of animosity between them. Like I said, sort of like the Arabs and the Jews have over long periods of time. Meanwhile, the innocent Ukrainian people are caught in the middle of this, and it's not fair to them. Putin is KGB. 
Some people call him a fascist, so he could seem like a fascist, but he's also a communist. This is incredible stuff. The people in Ukraine are also worried that Putin wants to bring back the Soviet Union. People there are terrified of it. It was so bad that when the Nazi troops came into Eastern Europe, there were Russian troops quitting and running to the, to the, to the Nazi side because they knew Stalin. They didn't know Hitler. They found out that Hitler and Stalin were very similar. So those people there were living at that time in World War II between too bad the guys. It's like being in a fire and you have to jump out the window. You're screwed either way. So the people in Ukraine don't deserve this. I wish we would put a bounty, promise anybody will give you $5 million if you neutralize Putin and maybe give you sort of an identity like a, we do with mobs who turn informants where they protect you and put you somewhere safe. Because the, well, the Russian people don't want this fight. This is Putin, the hardcore communist, the KGB. You notice China and Iran are partners with Russia. This China-Russia thing, this is 100 years. The Communist Party of Russia, China, and America have been in constant contact for 100 years. In 1986... I, I, hear, I, I hear you, Jimmy, on, on the historical um, aspect, but I, I'm trying to deal with, if it's possible, the here and now. And the here and now is a very dangerous situation for the global community. And it's increasingly starting to look like a dangerous situation, frankly, for the United States in terms of do you continue to stay back uh, with sanctions? Uh, you've hinted at going after the oil. Do, do you do that? Will that stop this scenario? How does all of this play out, folks? Dominic Carter here with you on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's now go to Marion in Manhattan. Good morning and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Good, good morning. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Oh, okay. Uh, Dominic. I have a question about what's going on. What is the uh, intention of NATO when Bush's father promised when he was the president that, that uh, the NATO was not going to try to get the Soviet, uh, the Soviet bloc in NATO? So they have seven countries or more already, and now they are making possible for Ukraine to become part of NATO. So if they were the ones that broke the promise and putting away so many years, what the intention of NATO is? Because they are acting like someone that in order for me giving you protection, you have to pay and get into NATO like the mafia used to do here in the United States. You know how many billions uh, these, these countries are pulling for the protection after what's going on in Russia? In my opinion, that was a, a war that could have prevented if they, uh, if they fulfilled the promise they made many years ago. So this is something that was created by the United States and NATO in order for them to get more money and power, and that is not fair. I am against what the Russians are doing, but they were putting in a situation where they were forced to defend what they believe is their interest. So well, in my I, opinion, I, I, that was something that should have been taking place. I, I hear you, Marion, uh, but but it is a little hard now to uh, to hear you. All I can say is, as it relates to uh, NATO, and I, I I don't think that unless you're intricately involved in these types of negotiations, that you never fully know what's going on. But it seems like the NATO issue is the the one that drove Putin nuts. And with Ukraine uh, trying to uh, join NATO, and thus we find ourselves in, in the position uh, that, that we're in. Thank you for the call, Marion. And I, I do want to say that, Marion, the point that you just articulated, others have said that and said that on this program. And so, uh, again, folks, with the breaking news uh, occurring this morning, and and I, I am thankful for the fact that nothing has happened uh, as of yet. Uh, the, the firing on the uh, nuclear power plant, the fire, for a while the firefighters couldn't get to it because of the uh, 
continued attacks. I don't know what where it is as of right now, but we are monitoring the situation and we are taking your telephone calls. Let's go to Philadelphia this morning. Let's say good morning to Robert. Good morning, Robert. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Good to talk to you again, man. Um, I'm hearing a lot of things, and I'm seeing a lot of things about all of these apparent protocols involved when something like this happens, whether we should step in, whether we NATO, um, why do we have to have NATO to act in our own interest? And once Putin crosses the line and becomes an outlaw, which he apparently has, doesn't all that go out the window? Isn't he a world outlaw and a target now? And it leads me to my larger point, and I'll be quick, I promise. A prior and the, an- the, answer, the answer, Robert, to your, your first point is yes. And then you have to ask yourself, why would he go ahead and do this knowing what Putin, knowing what the outcome was going to be on the world stage? But please continue. Didn't he did, he gross. He grossly miscalculated, and I think a lot of people miscalculated what the world's reaction would be. But it lends to my point. I heard a prior caller saying, we're not the world's police, and I would beg to differ with that, okay? If you're the leader of the free world, if there is no world police, then you have world tyrants, unavoidable, okay? And if if you saying we don't want to be the world police, then you're saying, well, either Russia or China is going to be the world police. And that's not uh, an opinion. That's a fact. If it's not for us, it would be one of them. And if that's what you want, okay, that's one thing. But I think that we need to start living up to our our role as the leader of the free world a lot stronger than we have for the last year. And I'll leave it there. Okay, so Robert, so Robert, how how would President Biden do that in this situation? By doing things first, he well, we know he won't, but things should be on the table that we can't talk about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some kind of covert, of course, through through willing partners around the world if need be. But as Reagan once said. We'll act multilaterally if we can, but unilaterally if we have to. And we need to start getting back to that, man. We're not at a place where we can sit back and say everything's fine. We can lay down our arms. We're not there yet, you know. And I think right, I but, wouldn't mind. But, hey, but Robert, but it takes a lot of resources to, to police the entire world. And to, it, it, it's, You make it sound bigger than it really would need to be. World police isn't having a cop in every country. It's just for situations like this. Fair enough. Fair enough. I thank you uh, for the call. Let's go to uh, Roger in Massachusetts. Good morning, Roger. Dominic Carter here with you. What's on your mind? All right. Well, well, two things now. Uh, First first of all, we we, we should open up our natural, our energy resources get back all right that's number one and obviously uh there'll be that much less money that putin will be getting from us for oil number one number two how much for all the environmental people how much environmental uh junk is up in the air now we're always bombing and and anybody's willing to bomb nuclear plants so you know forget about the, the the green all of the greenies stuff for now. Open up our, our oil line. It'd be that much less money he gets. And then the UN, just, UN whatever they can do to isolate Russia in, in the wake of this, they should. But that's not the reason, that, the main reason I called. I call it regarding the whole crime. With, with, with that Facebook posting, yes. I think what needs to happen is television cameras up in Albany should be filming and televising a bunch of protest signs about the Kathy either Alvin Bragg goes or we or Kathy Hochul you will go in November and anyone else involved you know in other words television cameras in other words she's uh, the forerunner to to, uh, remain governor we should uh, only send a message for something to change Give us a political motivation 
to change is, a, is cameras and a bunch of protest signs. Either these DAs go, or you're going to go, or we're going to or we're going to remove you. You remove them, or we'll remove you in November. And by the way, does she have any power over these no bail? Can she make any executive order regarding this no bail stuff? That's a great question, Roger. Let me first go back to your first point. I agree with you. Something has to give. I mean, we have, think about this for a second, a guy that smears feces on this woman's face. Then he's charged with a a hate crime in Brooklyn. He walks on each case, meaning that he walks out, no bail, walks right out the courthouse in each one, and then goes and brags about it on Facebook and basically says what he's really saying is, I'm Mr. Untouchable. And he is right now. Now, we all know the next time he goes before a judge, he's going to have a major problem. But for right now, he is Mr. Untouchable. As much as it pains me to say that. But I'm with you, Roger. Something has to give with the political process. And Kathy Hochul, the governor that came in, uh, she was Cuomo's uh, running mate. Kathy Hochul has been running or or doing a decent job thus far. And I define decent by not making any major mistakes. That she could win statewide office in her own right and become the first woman elected governor of New York State. But I I don't know if that's so sure. You know, I I never thought that I would say this, Roger. I never thought that I would say this. But with what's going on in New York on the crime front, it creates an opening in the primary for Congressman Tom Swazi or for one of the Republican candidates in the general election. If, if Roger, if we spoke two weeks ago, I would have said to you, the Republicans running for governor of New York have absolutely no chance at all. Some great candidates. But given the demographics of the state, I would have said they had no chance at all. Now, to piggyback on Roger's point, I'm not so sure that it's going to be a, a walk in the park for Kathy Hochul to get to the election. And to your second point, Roger, and I thank you for the call, it's a great question. Uh, Governors can take executive action on a number of fronts, but as it relates to this, it's not going to happen because she's got to run to the left, Kathy Hochul, in order to win the election. So that's just not going to happen. Then you have to turn your sights to the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg. I don't see him going anywhere. He was just recently elected the first black district attorney in Manhattan ever. No governor is going to remove him. That's the sad reality of modern day politics. And frankly, if we're going to be honest about this, racial politics So we're talking about this man that went on Facebook and bragged uh, that, that he's not in jail, basically. We're talking about crime sky high in February, based on uh, from now to February of last year. And the big story we're talking about is the situation in Ukraine in which Russia has attacked a nuclear power plant in Ukraine. We don't know where that is going to go at the end of the day in terms of how it's all going to play out. Let's go to Zach in Mawa, New Jersey. Good morning to you, Zach. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. How are you, Dominic? Hey, let me say I admire you, and the job you're doing is invaluable to everybody, okay? Thank you. That's very Um, kind of you to say. Thank you. I just speak the truth. Uh, everybody probably appreciates you out there. So here's the thing. I'm, I'm listening, and uh, 
I'm a little concerned, so I'm thinking I better talk up at the risk of suicide, right? <laughs> I don't want to be suicided, but I will say that my uncle was OSS, and I learned a lot in my life. And right now, I just want to admonish everybody and advise them not to be naive here, not to trust what they're hearing and seeing, because every war we've been lied to, right, with the media, uh, there's a lot going on over there, and Putin is no dummy. He was very much a military strategist as well as KGB, and the reason he's in there, I know, but I'm not going to say completely, but I'll give you this history lesson. Everybody needs to realize history. When World War II ended, uh, the OSS, Alan Dulles, whom I mentioned my uncle worked for, they took Reinhard Gellin and the Nazis into this, the OSS, which became the CIA, which JFK knew and wanted them out. And they all infiltrated the Ukraine. The Ukraine is the most corrupt nation on the face of the earth as far as money laundering, child trafficking, and the CIA uh, funded and probably built biolabs, which is the real danger that Putin is worried about. And if Putin bombed a, uh, what is a nuclear facility, I find that hard to believe. The people that are being threatened there by Putin would do anything. They don't care about human life. They would bomb their own nuclear plant just to blame it on Putin. So I'm questioning everything. I'm not saying it's true. I do know people there have told me things, but I'm warning everybody to think and question everything and think of the history of every war we've been lied to. And, okay, and- I, I got you, Zach. And, and I, I thank you. I thank you uh, for, for your comment uh, from Mawa. <laughs> Given what the people of Ukraine are going through, I I would just find it very hard to believe uh, that they would have any role uh, in this. It it seems like something directly from a Putin playbook, uh, page five of his playbook, given that it, it, he's losing in the court of public opinion around the world. And it's just, it's just a, uh, it really is this morning a mess of a situation. I'm going to take a break, but first I want to go to our friend Karen in Rockland County. Good morning to you, Karen. What's on your mind? I, I live right across from Indian Point, across the Hudson River, and it was mm-hmm. very scary during 9-11 when that plane from Boston flew right over Indian Point down to the World Trade Center. And, I mean, I don't know if they realized that they were flying over a nuclear plant, but that was scary because, you know, this whole area could have been incinerated within two seconds. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, another th- another thing, um, Putin and Biden, both of them are going back to, a, you know, old time. he's going back to communist Russia. Our idiot's going back to the 1619 project. you got to start living in the future, not back in the, into the past. You can only learn from history. You can't repeat it, or you don't want to repeat it. And another thing, why can't all, all these countries of the free world, each one send one or two real good sharpshooters to try to take Putin out, because he's dangerous. He's scary. Well, I, you know, Karen, I thank you for the call, and I agree with you. Putin is dangerous. Uh, dangerous, not just uh, for Russia and Ukraine, but very dangerous on the world stage. Folks, coming up at 1 a.m., Frank Marano and the other side of midnight, Frank will continue to monitor this situation of the nuclear power plant in Ukraine under attack, and there was a fire, under attack from Russia. More of your telephone calls in a moment. Dominic Carter, Talk Radio 77, WABC. The Dominic Carter Show presents What What If. If. What if key moments in history had not occurred as they did? What if Andrew Cuomo didn't resign? What if bail reform didn't go into effect? What if delis didn't sell gold cuts? The Dominic Carter Show presents What What If. If. And what if, folks, the first thing that comes to mind for me, and I know it probably comes to mind for you, what if Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg did not issue that that email declaring basically that the criminals are in charge? 
What if he had never did that? What if the district attorney came in and was a law and order man? What if? What if that was followed by Mayor Eric Adams of New York City in week one, in week one declaring the plainclothes unit of the NYPD is back and they're not going to be in these uniforms with their names on them. What, what if, what if part two to the mayor's announcement was today's my inauguration, which he didn't uh, do one because of COVID, but effective next week, we're white. We're cleaning the subway. The homeless are gone. I'll see you in court advocates. They're gone. What if, Just think about that, folks. What if on the world stage this morning, we didn't have to worry about this nuclear power plant coming under attack and Putin had said, we're going to work this out in terms of a diplomatic solution, not back up, but a diplomatic solution. I think that's that's a, a big what if <laughs> as compared to what we're dealing with right now. Just imagine the domino effect. And then if Governor Kathy Hochul up in Albany of New York was backing up Adams and backing up the DA in terms of Rudy Giuliani style crackdown on law enforcement, New York City would possibly already be back now instead of this man, Mr. Feces bragging about what he did and bragging about possibly this, this uh, anti-Semitic attack. A lot to think about and chew on there. We're going back to your telephone calls. Let's go to uh, Patrick uh, who's calling from New Jersey. Good morning to you, Patrick. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning, Dominic. Uh, at this point, these late, latest events, the nuclear power plant, uh, at this point, I find them very disturbing. And I think at this point, it, it is almost inevitable there's going to be an escalation of war. Europe and the United States are going to be drawn into it. I, I don't see any way out of it at this point. Putin cannot lose face. Uh, there, Putin cannot lose. Otherwise, it, for him, it's as good as death. And I think that if he sees that death is on the horizon for him, that he's going to be unseated, or arrested, or overthrown, or assassinated, I think before he lets that happen, he will engage in all-out war. So unless we give him a viable way out in which he could stay in power and survive, he, he will just progress to war. And I just, I'm just trying to be realistic. I don't think there's any other way out of this but to give him some sort of win, unless we want to engage in war. And I think war with Putin means certain nuclear war at this point. I mean, what kind of man does this? Well, Patrick... So, uh... I think um, I think many of the people within the sound of your voice would say that you sound perfectly reasonable and and that you are reading this situation for exactly what it is. I mean, we, we just find ourselves in a pickle of a situation and it does feel, Patrick, like the U.S. is being pulled in. It does feel that way that the U.S. is being pulled in and. We have a president that I I just, with all due respect to the presidency of the United States, I just don't know if he's the man for the job at this time. Thank you for the uh, call, Patrick. Let's go to uh, Stu in Brooklyn. Good morning, Stu. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Morning, Dominic. Dominic, morning. whatever happened uh, for to... The idea of for whom the bell tolls, I'm sure you know the, the reference. Uh, my point is, we are involved. Whether we like it or not, we're involved. Do we go in with boots on the ground the way we did in the Middle East? Absolutely not. Do we hire uh, people uh, some, <clears throat> uh, to go in and take out all of the oil and gas pipelines that are uh, spread all throughout Russia and Belarus? Absolutely. Take the money away from this man and you will have achieved a great deal in a way of getting him under control. That's what I would suggest we do. We have people we can do it. We have people we can hire to do it.
and that's what we should be doing if we haven't already tried to interfere uh, through the uh, computer network to take down all of the, the pumping facilities and so on. But they are very, very vulnerable. Well, I I hear you, Stu, and I thank you for the call. But then the obvious question becomes, how would Putin react and respond uh, to what you just said? And does the world really want to take that type of chance with someone that has nuclear weapons? Let's go to Nancy in New Jersey. And coming up, uh, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Frank will join me in just a couple of minutes. And he is going to, uh, I'm going to pass the baton to him at 1 a.m. this morning. He will continue to follow this breaking news story overnight. Good morning to you, Nancy. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay, Nancy. Thank you for asking, and I hope you're doing well. Yes, yes. Thank you. I wanted to mention that... Nobody has come out and said which buildings in the nuclear power plant um, structure has been hit. If the reactor has been hit and it's on fire, if administrative buildings have been hit and they're on fire. To my knowledge, to my knowledge, Nancy, and I'm going to let you finish, the reactor has not been hit. But, but, you you know, we're not getting full uh, uh, reliable information considering that this is now a war zone and a war zone with a nuclear plant. So we do not believe there's any impact to the uh, reactors, but please continue. Well, my, my comment was going to be that Putin is a very shrewd guy. And the prevailing winds in Europe blow west to east. And if he hits that reactor, the first place that that radiation is going to go is Russia. And I would think that knowing how shrewd he is, he would not make that move, but that he would set buildings afire as a threat to try to cow the Ukraine into a surrender. Hmm. Well, that that I hear you, Nancy, but that would be a tremendous gamble to say that that his his. Soldiers could do a precision precision uh, strike on the uh, nuclear plant and not hit something that could spread the steam all over Europe, destroying uh, farmland and and everything else. Maybe Nancy, maybe you're right, but I but I I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And I think I think I'm in the school of thought of uh, Putin's being pushed into a corner, and and he's and and he's uh, and he's uh, striking out. And I'm joined right now by my colleague Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you. Frank. Good morning, Dominic. Good to talk with you. So what what do you make of what's going on in Ukraine right now with this power? Plant? Well, unfortunately, and this is what happens with wars. This is why nations should do whatever they can to avoid wars. You have not only the deaths involved and the casualties and the injuries, you have people losing their homes. You have uh, hundreds of thousands, yes. possibly a million refugees uh, leaving the country. And we're going to have to find Places for a lot of these people. But, yeah, you have a lot of real serious infrastructure costs. They say that this uh, this uh, nuclear power plant was uh, significantly more significant than Chernobyl. Uh, This one apparently has six reactors, whereas Chernobyl has four reactors. So this is this is no joke. And uh, especially with one of the countries, Russia uh, being the second largest, uh, the country with the second largest stockpile of nuclear weapons in the world. I think uh, the West and NATO and Ukraine and Russia, we all need to tread very carefully here and continue to try to find a diplomatic way out of this. Diplomatic way out. I, I, we all hope and pray that that's the answer, but, but I, just, I just don't know. So, Frank, what do you have coming up this morning? Well, Friday, uh, so what? first hour we're going to do Ask Frank Anything. I will take questions on absolutely any subject. Already people have been sending me questions about uh, Russia and Ukraine, about uh, the New York Republican Convention this week and the implications for the governor's race. 
about some local races, a couple of questions about the changes made to the Academy Awards. So uh, I have a feeling we're going to run the gamut in terms of questions. So whatever people have questions about, they can ask them for the next hour. uh, Every Friday we do denunciations where I call out uh, people for their shenanigans. And then uh, I'm really looking forward to in the 3 o'clock hour, we're going to go live to Russia where we're going to talk with a gentleman named Tim Kirby, who's an American. He grew up in Ohio. He's lived in Russia for the last few years and hosts a very uh, popular radio talk show out there. And uh, we're going to talk to him about what it's like as an American living in Russia these days and his view of the whole situation. So it's it's going to be the kind of show that you really can't hear quite anywhere else. I'm really looking forward to it. And so am I. My only beef with you, as I say all the time, is I, I listen to your show and then I end up listening for a few hours. And then next thing you know, half the night is gone <laughs> and I'm up into the early morning hours. Uh, again, that's uh, the only beef that I have with you, Frank. Uh, well, you get even with me on Friday night into Saturday morning when I'm listening to you uh, from midnight to one instead of going <laughs> to sleep on the one night that I uh, have somewhat Please normal get hours. Some rest because yeah. we, we need you. Let's get to as many phone calls as we can. We've got about two and a half minutes left. David and media. Pennsylvania. You're talking to Frank Morano and Dominic Carter. David? Good, uh, good evening, gentlemen. Good morning. Good, How are you doing, Dominic? Good morning. Thanks. Go right ahead. Yeah, quick comment. One, with regards to Ukraine, I'm wondering if uh, Putin is going after the big bread basket and he wants to hold all of Europe. Part of his motivation now he's going this far. He can, you know, oil isn't going to just do it, but he'll have total control of the agriculture, which Europe is dependent on those. Uh, his grains and so forth, and you know, I just wonder if that's one of his long-term strategies. And my, and I also have a question for you regarding this no uh, bail law reform or whatever it is. Can a judge uh, say not enforce no bail because, in his judgment, a criminal is a clear and present danger, and it thinks it violates constitutional law? Can a judge? That, 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 that's a great. That's a great question, David. They can. A judge can, but. They'll be overruled in less than 24 hours. It's happened a couple of times in which judges have done exactly what you said, give or take, and defense counsel will file an appeal and and the judge will be overturned very quickly. And and that's that. Frank, you have a comment? No, I mean, uh, you uh, analyze the situation correctly. And that's one of the big shames of this bail reform law. I mean, I'm not for keeping people locked away uh, before they're convicted of a crime. But the shame of it is it really doesn't let judges be judges. I mean, uh, these judges very oftentimes know whether someone's likely to be a danger. And the fact that they're taking this discretion away from them for all but the most serious crimes, it's a big part of the problem here. And you're you're so correct, Frank, because you and I both know a judge can look at a person's rap sheet, look up into their face, and they have a pretty good idea of whether or not that person should be on the street or whether or not they should be uh, locked up. Let's try and get in one more telephone call, Ron in New Jersey. Good morning, Ron. You're talking to Frank and Dominic, and you've got about 20 seconds. All right. I'll do as fast as possible, Dominic. China and Russia are linked together. We know that. Biden is in China's pocket. Therefore, Biden, by proxy, is allowing this to happen to Ukraine. We know the implications. You can figure it out yourself. He cares about the Ukraine as much as he cares about America. We know what he's done. We know what he is. We know what his past is. I hate to say it, but uh, these nukes, I, I think this guy's going to try it. And unless the European okay. nations, NATO nations stand by. Okay, Ron, I, I have to step in. I thank you. That's a very good point that you just made. Dominic Carter, I'll see you folks again tomorrow. Same time, same station. Keep it right there. Frank Morano, The Other Side of Midnight, starts right now.